welcome one and all to another episode of the Comic Chronicle Podcast. I'm your guys' host, Dakota Morgan, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. Hopefully you guys are staying safe out there and staying smart. Please do, okay? Interesting times we live in. And as with this recording, a lot of stuff's going on. So, yes, please stay safe out there, folks, in the streets, in your houses, in your stores, wherever it may be. Hashtag stay safe. So, getting into the show now. We have today a wonderful guest, co-worker of mine for SGGS Comics, which I don't often talk about on the show. We, I kind of mention it in a, every now and then with some guests, but Jake Wicklax is on the show. Jake is a fellow co-writer, at, well, fellow writer at SGGS Comics. He does so many cool things over there. We talk all about his series and whatnot, and I'm going to put some links in the show notes below for his other work, so make sure you guys check that out. Check out the links. Linky, linky, link. And... We talk a lot this episode about so much stuff about motivation, about creativity as artists, what we do, having our own galaxies and putting them into the work that we do. So much inspirational, motivational stuff on the show today. And I almost cried. <laughs> I got really emotional on the show because Jake told a story of how we got to work at the company SGGS Comics alongside me and whatnot. May or may not be how I inspired him with one of my books. I'm going to get emotional talking about it now. But yes, so that also proves, folks, puts stuff out in the world of positivity, and you never know what will happen. So without further ado, folks, I want to say thank you for tuning in to this episode. And if you guys want to stay in touch on social media, at DakotaMorgan3 on Twitter or at Dakota underscore Morgan 97 on Instagram. Follow me on there to stay in touch with the podcast, Film World Podcast, uh, the other, well, comics, film, all sorts of stuff on there. And if you want to, I'd recommend you do for new episodes every monday subscribe on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify or comicchronicle.podbean.com so many outlets for you guys to listen to new episodes of people from all over comics whether they're indie dc marvel whatever it may be actors everybody so thanks everyone for tuning in as always i always say thank you because it means the world to me you use the show and if you guys want to use hashtag comic chronicle podcast social media and you may or may not get a shout out who knows so without further ado though instead of me rambling on here make sure you guys stay safe i'm gonna say it one more time stay safe and here is my talk with jake okay and yes we are recording jake welcome to the show man thank you for having me on man it's an honor um especially when i look at some of the other uh high profile guests you've had on man it's a true honor to be among that list of names man it's pretty impressive work you're doing Thanks, boss. Like, it's so much work, but man, it's so much fun to get these people on there. I'm people are like, oh, you had this person, and honestly, I'm always surprised. Like, GM Dematteis, uh, Dem- the you know Ron Mars, fucking Martian Manhunter. I've had on people from guys and gals from all over the place, and people are like, oh, this is a surprise. I'm like, yeah, it's a surprise to me too. They said yes. To be honest, like, I don't know how the fuck they say yes, but man, they do, and I love talking to them and conversations and shit. So you're surprised, I'm surprised is what I'm trying to say. It, yeah, it's it's all about the emails, man. It really yeah. is. It yeah. Sometimes it takes like two or three, but yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> asking. Fuck. Now, Jake, man, technically we're kind of co-workers, I think, at this point. Exactly. We're the, yeah. we're the two staff writers of uh, Smashing Graphics Comics, dude. So when it blo- when it, you know... Once we once we hit the point where we got a ton of staff writers, we'll, we'll be the OGs, you know. Yeah. We'll have our staff writer meeting. Yeah, somehow it'd probably be fucking so like, oh, well, we can meet in person, right? Yeah, Dakota still lives in Arizona. Shit. Right. <laughs> Damn it. I, yeah, well, it's funny because it's like it's we were doing long distance before all the COVID stuff. I mean, nothing's yeah. like nothing's changed, you know. It's uh, 
comics, man. It's a long distance industry, at least these days. Right. Oh. Well, I you I've had you on, and I haven't even had on my artist slash friend of mine, Paul, who does my books. I have not had him on yet, which just blows my mind. We've been trying. I've been trying to get him on, but the time difference is so fucking severe. It oh, kills yeah. us. So it's like one of us is gonna get up at three o'clock in the morning, which I've done, but with everything going on, scheduling sicknesses and shit, I've not been able to get him on yet. But but fuck yeah, it's I've actually done a podcast at four o'clock in the morning once. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's like it's harder than you think to like plan all this stuff out. Like, I mean, I've, yeah. I've had people say to me like, "Well, you know, there's 24 hours in a day," and I'm like, "Right, exactly." And you're asleep for eight of those. Like, what's your point? Like, yeah, you know? yeah. And some people are literally 16 hours ahead of you. Yeah. Make that work. Fuck. Exactly. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, Paul, Paul's awesome, man. I mean, I would yeah. love if you could just, dude, whenever that one goes up, like send me a link because um, that guy's a monster, man. I mean, uh, oh my God, yes. I'm so thankful for him just to see like my ideas in tangible form. I mean, like if I'm thinking back to, because my first comic that I did for Smashing Graphics was uh, Riftlands, the uh, dark fantasy action horror series. And it took some patience. You know, I was waiting on the artwork for a little while just because, you know, they're so busy over there at Smashing Graphics and there's just so much content they're cranking out. Um, and I'll tell you what, man, just just even just like the fir- even the the first sketch without color in it was, I mean, it was like Christmas morning, dude. It was like yes. six years old opening my presents. Like, wow. It's just that feeling of like what was in my mind is now on paper, you know? Exactly. And before we get any further, I want to direct people to Paul who does our fucking work. I, I agree 100% with that. It is always something glorious. But before we gloss over, we'll talk about that in a second. Everybody, Instagram. At John Paul underscore Trinidad. Follow him on there and you can see the artwork and whatnot. And then follow at SGGS Comics, of course, too. Definitely follow up for the new issues and whatnot on Instagram. And definitely, like, it's one of those where when you see, and every writer I talk to says the same thing. Whenever you see those words come to life, it's like magic. Yeah. Always. And the cut, like, the, the black and white version, I love to see in concept art. I mean, I work in film, so. I'm a sucker for concept art in general, but mm-hmm. seeing it just like the rough drafts and shit like that. And they're like, oh, we got a rough draft. And most people I know are like, oh, it's a rough draft. It's not finished. Why do you want to get excited about that? Oh, because it's my stuff come to life. Like, right. I, I was a fan of fucking Chalk Zone, okay? You can sell me on any art. <laughs> just to say that. Like, oh, chalk, chalk Zone. Chalk Zone. What is yeah. that? Chalk Zone, that was, oh, God, that was a nickel. If you're by a computer, just look it up. I'm already, I'm already looking at it on Google. Magic yeah, Google. It's a, it's a, yeah, the magic of Google. It is yeah. a animated show on Nickelodeon that, fuck, that was so good. And you just wanted to, nowadays, if I had a chalkboard, actually, no. Holy shit, I've just dated myself because they don't even use chalkboards anymore. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> It's funny, man. Oh. This, this one, uh, this one went right over my head when I was a kid. I, I was a, I was a Cartoon Network kid as mm. a child. Same. I actually, Same. I, well, okay, that's great because I, I actually did not, you know, like a lot of kids grew up on SpongeBob and stuff. I, I knew obviously I wasn't living under a rock, so I knew what like SpongeBob was. I would watch an episode here and there, an episode of like Fairly Odd Parents. But man, I grew up on like. 
I grew up on Cartoon Network, man. I grew up on like Ben 10. Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, here, wow. missing, here's some good ones. I'll name the fucking good ones for you because I, well, I watched everything. Oh, the yeah. Most, the thing I watched the most was you can tell because this was, you can tell which one's going to influence Young Power from it at SGGS. Codename Kids Next Door. Yep. Billy okay. and Mandy. Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Uh, fuck it, Ben. Okay, when we say Ben Ten, we're not meaning the sixth iteration that's out right now. We mean the classic, OG Ben Ten. Absolutely, like classic. You and can't I'll, get I'll any say, better. Yeah, those like first three kind of series, like you know, you had Ben Ten, the classic. That's the best. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Alien Force was that was fun. That like that was oh, that was yeah. good. That, that was a great like evolution and like. Okay, here's this like kind of bratty, like whiny kid who gets this powerful watch at mm. ten years old, and now here's his progression into a more responsible, like teenage, you know, teenage hero. Um, yeah. Still, like slightly irresponsible here and there, but it was like that perfect, like it did what like the Spider-Man movies kind of tried. It, it took that idea of those like Spider-Man movies, like with great power comes great responsibility. And they fleshed it out over an entire series over multiple generations. It was really, really cool. Oh God. Yeah. And when they aged them up, they're like, Oh, he's now what, fucking 18, 20 or something like that. Yeah. I immediately said, fuck you. <laughs> he's right. like, Get out of here. Get out of here with that shit. We don't want that. We want young, like, you could age him up a little bit, a couple of years, but he's like, no, he's in, he's in his 20s. And then Kevin yeah. and Gwen are dating and they're fleeing. And it's like, oh, forget fucked. I mean, Kevin, we don't want this. Kevin, uh, Kevin was like the – he was a great character too, man. He was. I love his evolution, how they took him. I mean, he was like one of my favorite villains of the original series. And then to become a sidekick in uh, a later series. Yeah, man. It was almost like – it was almost like in 21 Jump Street how like, you know – the Jonah Hill becomes like partners with his high school bully, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It was, like, similarly satisfying. Yeah. I mean, man, Billy and Mandy, though, was the one and well, trust me, folks, we'll get the comics in a minute, but the Billy and Mandy one was definitely, this is a trip down memory lane. And the people, the most of the audience who listens to the show, they're like, Oh my God, I forgot about those cartoons. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bill, Billy Mandy, man, that's a show where they did so much murder and got away with it. Then oh, fuckers. It was so bad, like everybody would die, and so they'd have to like the next episode and the new one was like, oh no, we're just gonna we're just gonna forget that happened, like because it got so. The one where it was, um, oh, what was it? I think all of them, but the dad or mom. I think Grim lived. Yeah, Grim, because he sent the kids to summer camp, but it was like wow. winter. Was the one where they it was their interpretation of the the thing, like the original the thing movie. Oh, when they were okay. in the winter and the kid came out, and he's like, I just want friends. And he fucking murders everyone and takes their skin. And it's like, wait, what? Like, he morphs into them. And oh, he man. murders them all. When they're like, oh, no, they're just frozen. And it's like, no, they're fucking dead. Like, <laughs> they are dead, dead. And, like, Grim's like, hi, kids. And they're like, oh, God. I, and you know they got murdered in, like, extreme ways. Because, like, there was tentacles and shit and teeth. And it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, Billy and Mandy went there, and then oh, there's so many more episodes of that show. But I, I, I gotta say, I didn't see as much Billy and Mandy as I wanted to because when I was like, I was like five or six, I remember um, I was trying to catch Pokemon on TV mm. on Network, and I, I guess I got like the um, or, or well, no, so I was waiting for it to come on, and while I was waiting, Billy and Mandy was on. 
and I'm sitting there watching it, and it's this episode, you know, I mean, Billy's picking his nose, you know, he's shaking his bare butt, at, you know, at, at, at the villains of the show. Yeah. And my dad was there with me, and he goes, you're not allowed to watch this. So What? <laughs> that was what? like... That was the end of Billy and Mandy for me. Oh, see, we had two different fathers because mine at the age of 10 was letting me watch the Spawn movie from the 90s. So, I mean, oh man, yeah, we had two different dads. He's like, oh, this is Joe's guy, good. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, I, well, I just got to watch him online, man. Yeah, I, it's funny because I remember um, when I was like five years old because I was like a huge dinosaur geek, and, and judging by your Skype profile picture. I can tell that uh, you probably are as well. I mean, I may or may not have worked in paleontology for a while, and then also have some real fossils in my home studio right now, but uh, yes. And oh, also man. Jurassic Park toy photography, which I do on the side a little bit in Corona World, has been nuts, but yeah. Well, so yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was, yeah, when I was like five years old, I remember just like dying to see Jurassic Park. Like my parents had it on VHS. I was like, oh my God, a dinosaur movie. I have to see this. And um, I remember my dad just being cool and like putting it on one Sunday afternoon. I was like, yes, even though it's PG-13, you know, yeah. my, parents, my, my mom was like, I don't know, it's PG-13. And I was like, you're telling me I got to wait eight years to watch like the best dinosaur movie ever. Like, come on. Get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. like, come on. <laughs> but yeah, but my dad was cool enough to uh, throw it on the VHS player one Sunday. Oh, night. That was cool. Hey, folks, Dakota here with a little bit of an ad break. But this is one you definitely want to listen to if you guys are a comic fan, which you are if you're listening to the show. You guys like comics and you like reading them in person. Well, let me tell you, go to Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. This is not just a hype thing for this ad. Let me tell you, I've been going there for years. I've had Cam Brown on the show all the time. Such a good guy. It's such a good community. Everyone who works there, they know you. They, you get your box number. You get your thing. You get all you need to do there. You get your collectible toys, car, whatever it may be. Comics, it's all there for you guys. That's Drawn the Comics in Glendale, Arizona. Here's the address. 5801 West Glendale Avenue, Glendale, Arizona, and downtown Glendale. And if you guys want to visit them, you can visit them draw, drawn to comics.com or find them on social media and the number 623-847-9090. You give them a call. Definitely, guys, I love going to the store. And this is not a fucking lie. I love going. It's so amazing. Thanks, everyone. And hopefully you guys check them out if you're in Arizona or maybe passing through. Remember, guys, draw on the comics. Go check it out for your books. Reading books in person is so much better than digital. But I love digital, too, so it's a little bit of a toss-up. Support brick-and-mortar companies. We definitely need you to. Thanks, everyone. And now, without further ado, I'm going to take it back to future me. So you said you worked in paleontology. That's kind of cool. What'd you do? Yeah. What'd you do um, I did a lot of volunteer work with a... And I want to go back, but I've just been so busy. And for uh -huh. the past year, like, Jesus. And I told them, and they're like, just come back whenever. But is I used to do field... Yeah, I did a... Field expedition once, and then I would work on cleaning up and excavating stuff brought into the research lab and excavate and work on a lot of Ice Age animals uh, and then also dinosaurs every now and then. Like I had to excavate a little bit of a Brachiosaurus femur, I believe it was, and then got to work on some aquatics as well too and then do a little bit of studying, you know, prep field lab or uh, field equipment, make the burlap, do a little bit of studying, teaching, whatnot, 3D model scanning. Um, did the field work the ones where I went to go pick up a glyptotherium, which is like a armadillo mixed with uh you've seen them in the Ice Age movie. Yes, I yeah, know. They're like the big armadillo that. things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like one of those. I think that one was different than a glyptotherium because but it, no, that might actually have been it because there's like three or four different types of those. Yeah. And so work yeah. on those. Mm -hmm. uh, 
we got to pick up a few. I discovered a few mammoth stuff over there. A few giant sloth as well. Wow. A few giant sloth findings. Yeah, like that's and, what I used to do in that for a couple of years actually. And this was in uh, Arizona. Yes, this is. Oh fuck yeah! It ain't in Illinois. Let me tell you, there was one finding in Illinois, and it's when they drained a lake and they had like three mastodon skeletons found. Oh man, that's sick. Mm. That's cool. But I gotta say, all this though. Oh, I was about to divulge something I cannot talk about. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, shit. I'll tell you after the show. No, after the recording. But it has to do with SGGS and dinosaurs. But, yeah. But all this stuff here, I think, is a good, good thing to talk about because I think it's really affected us as writers to this day. Like, I literally just got done talking to this writer about it. It's all the stuff growing up that we had, the behind the scenes, the media, everything like that. We get to take it as writers because how old are you again i am 22 i'm one year older than you you youngster there's the old man here and so you see i sit my coffee while podcasting run the radio fdr came in such good times um voice acting got a lot of to do a part on me <laughs> the one year the one year makes it tough meanwhile anwar is like a little bit older than us so he's the old grandpa i guess exactly um, all this combination of pop culture, behind the scenes stuff, fucking even now a podcast. And hell, trust me, doing these interviews, I take a lot of tips and tricks from these folks. Doing all this stuff, I think it forms in our writing and it shows. Like we could definitely, it's easier for us to create worlds when before it was like you never really had those outlets to get inspiration from and imagination like sparkers. Nowadays, we have so much of it that if you actually dive into it so much all the time, you can pump out so much great shit for you and the fans, you know? Yeah, uh, it, it's. I'm glad you brought that up because um, I think that I view creativity like a fuel tank, you know, and you got to put some, you got to put gasoline in it, you know, and I think the gasoline is art. Um, and it, it's not only art too. I think it's um, it's things that inspire you. It's like, it's everything. I mean, I listen to like a lot of podcasts, you know, I'm a huge fan of like, um, well, I'm a huge fan of the Chronicle, uh, comic. Oh, that's a little rub and tug Um, right there. Thank you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I'm also, you know, I love like Joe Rogan's podcast, obviously. Um, you know, just you need, but, but I think like as an artist, it's really important to consume a lot of art, you know? I mean, I think like, I mean, like I'm a, I'm a huge, like, Besides comics, I, uh, I'm also an author, and uh, I write a lot of uh, horror, which we can get to. And Stephen really? King, I'm a huge Stephen King fan, uh, obviously. And he often says that if you um, don't have the – he says something like – something along the lines of if you don't have time to read, you don't have time to, uh, to write. And yeah. I think that's true with any art form. Uh, I think – it's very important to be consuming art because a lot of people will say, you know, like, Oh, don't, don't, you know, don't just write when you're inspired. But I think the solution is to be inspired all the time. Uh, And in order to do that, I think you need to, like I said, consume a lot of art really, and not just your art, not just your artistic medium, but, you know, step outside that. Like maybe, you know, I listen to like a lot of, I have a wide range of um, musical genres that I like to listen to. Um, just listening to other creatives do their thing is 
really massively inspiring. And yeah. that's what's going to keep you going, I think. That's oh, what's going to keep yeah. the engine running. Yeah, and, like, everybody has their own story of growing up. Like, there obviously there's connections, but everybody has their own story of growing up and their version of creativity and their version of stuff. And when you hear all this stuff and you bring it to your own, you're combining. Like, we're all a mixture. We're all a hodgepodge of shit. And let that be – that slogan be used for these modern-day times. But – thanks, America. But – um. <laughs> Especially with everything going on, Jesus Christ. Um, as of this recording, too, we're, we're still not in a revolutionary war. It's a war right now, so we're fine. But yeah. we're in a very historical year. We'll say oh, that. Holy shit. It's going to be a whole textbook uh, when our kids are in school. Oh, my God. There was. Um, but yeah, I was saying, I'll finish the thing. So we're a big, huge hodgepodge of stuff of creativity and everybody else beforehand and whatnot. But so we make that's why we're so unique. And but. Most definitely going on that though, because I want there was a joke, and it and it was said to me by a friend of mine was you know what you know when a kid my kid's gonna ask me about 2020 I'm just gonna sit down I'm just gonna have them sit down, and when they get to it in history class I'm gonna have them sit down, I'm gonna sit down too and say before we go any further let me pour a drink, and right. it's just gonna be straight vodka <laughs> it's just yeah. gonna be nothing else but that like a fucking straight vodka straight whiskey. And just taking sips along the way, just sips all calmly and such. Like, let me tell you a story. Like, <laughs> like it's like Borderlands. I, when we're discussing 2020 next year, you gotta have the guy from Borderlands, the the franchise in the beginning. He's like, so you want to hear a story, huh? Like, that's yeah. like, you you don't describe this year with that shit. You are a fool, a fool. I say. <laughs> I saw I saw a good one. <laughs> I saw a good one. Um, it was a meme. It was, it was on Instagram, I think. And it was like, uh, it's, it, it was like in 2030 when the cashier says that your total's 2020 and then it just shows <laughs> flashbacks to like, uh, to, you know, like coronavirus. And yeah, uh, I saw that it was like a, a like a semi translucent like, let's really, this like really faded on there. But you can yeah. see in the back was like all this crazy shit. Now in this area. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so speaking of which, just in case it happens, apparently we'll get back to it in a second. But apparently, there has been massive amount. Like it started earlier this year, and it's been getting worse. These uh, earthquakes at Yellowstone. I saw that today on uh, uh, on Facebook, I believe. Just kind of yes. scrolled past it quick. I I scrolled right past it. I was like, I don't even want to know. You know? Oh my god, you will, motherfucker. You I'm will know as soon. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen the movie 2012? You'll fucking know. <laughs> you, you'll know. I don't. What's happening? Uh, is that a dust storm? Like, be Arizona. Is that a dust storm? No, that's an ash cloud. What? <laughs> oh. oh no. Oh fuck, that'd be nuts. Uh, but yeah, so just keep an eye out for that. 2020 June. Uh, it's June 2nd. So far, nothing's going on, and this has been volcano earthquake. So yeah. Mm-hmm. But oh man. So yeah, going upon it like that. Going back to what is. Yeah, we're definitely the hodgepodge of creativity, man. And I think podcasts have really been helping with that. And people say the same about the Comic Chronicle podcast, this show, and then also the Film World podcast that I host as well, where as a guy who works in film like myself, I interview people from all over film, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, fucking Jurassic World, Transformers, VFX artists, all sorts of shit on there. And getting the behind the scenes knowledge of things is so important because so many people are striving to be something more that when they hear these people's stories, not just on like CNN or some shit, when you hear these people's stories, 
it helps you out so much and it gives them motivation, inspiration, maybe a new idea for something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, um, I think it's really underrated how much we can, uh, garner and learn from just, you know, our, our fellow, our fellow man, uh, as it were, you know, I think like when I look at something that really opened my eyes to this was, um, are you a Breaking Bad fan? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm the biggest Breaking Bad or one of the biggest. Uh, it, it is, I mean, Breaking Bad is my, um, you know, without going on too much of a tangent, it is my favorite. Um, it's not only my favorite television series, but I think it's also my favorite just work of art in general. And so obviously I watched its prequel series, Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm not sure if you're into that. Uh, it's not quite I... Semi into it. I actually did give an audition for a part on there, but yeah. Really? Yeah, I got. I didn't get it. I was bummed. But eh, you you lose a billion, you win a million. Do you now? Do you remember what part it was? <sighs> Shit! It was supposed to be for a B character for an episode. It was supposed to like be a fucking asshole to solve for something. Oh, um, okay. it's not really descriptive, but it was supposed to be for an episode or two, and oh. it was like uh, a. Something to do with a business guy or something like that. Huh. Well, I'm sure I'll think of it uh, of what character that could be later. But what I was what I was gonna say that's really cool, man. Uh, what I was gonna say was it really made me realize the 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 series Better Call Saul. It, it made me realize how much is behind a human being when you look at them because. In Breaking Bad, right, you have this character, Saul Goodman, and throughout the series, he really doesn't change. He is just kind of this seedy, um, you know, weaselly, shady lawyer. Uh, And that is kind of, he really doesn't stray from that uh, character. He, that's him from beginning to end. He's always kind of this like almost cartoon cockroach. Uh, And then when you watch Better Call Saul and you see that you see the the human being in Jimmy McGill, who which is, you know, was his name before he became Saul Goodman. It's really fascinating to then go back and watch an episode of Breaking Bad with Saul Goodman in it because you mm. see so much more. And it really made me realize that that's the truth. Everywhere, I mean, yeah. you know, because, you know, we tend to judge people quite a bit and we only see what's at face value but really behind every person is is a galaxy of just i mean you know if you look at like the human mind and our memories and these you know neural connections and neural pathways and just behind every person is like you know just this this universe and and like you said this hodgepodge of of uh experience and memory and and passions and desires and pain and um and for many creativity uh and and mm-hmm. not everyone is creative but i think everybody has what creatives have which is an outlet that needs um that needs to be filled somehow so like yes. you know my outlet is uh writing some people's outlets uh are like you know partying uh, so, you know, like right, acting, can, directing, exactly. uh, it can be, effects, everything. Exactly. Cause you know, 
there's some exceptions to this, but whoever you are, I mean, you wake up, you eventually get out of bed. You want to do something, you yeah. know? Um, it really is all about finding that outlet. And yeah, man. Um, it's true. I mean, it's that's absolutely true. And I think, especially as creatives, and in comics especially, too, we, wow, we're getting fucking deep in this episode, especially as, as creatives and especially in comics, uh, we'll, talk, we'll just handle comics at the moment, is you get to see into the, the that person's galaxy a little bit. You get to see, like, Tom King, right? You, you see that man's world a little bit. Uh, Tom Taylor, you see that man's world. I think Tom King for DC was the one who he worked in the CIA or some shit like that. Really? It's one of the, it's either Tom King or Tom Taylor. It's one of the two. One wow. of the two. And fans are going to lynch my fucking ass for not knowing which one. <laughs> uh, I think it was Tom King. Yeah, Tom King who wrote it because he was working on Batman. You could see that man's stuff there a little bit, which I'm like, fuck, the government's going to shoot him. But you could see a little bit of that man's world. You could see a little bit of fucking Jeff Johns' world. I mean, shit. He, and you saw part of his galaxy. Mm-hmm. As we'll put it, because I fucking love that. It's poetic as hell. No wonder you work with me. Um, <laughs> is, you see the gal, you see a person like Jeff Johns, right? His part of his galaxy, we'll keep it relevant, Stargirl. That's part of his galaxy because that's his sister. Right. He lost, you know, which I'll cry talking about that. But, you know, there is that thing with it. There is in comics, you in different storylines, whether it's indie, whether it's DC, Marvel, IDW, Dark Horse, whatever it may fucking be, you see into that person's galaxy good and bad and that good and bad can inspire other people or motivate or provide an escape and whatnot too so we're all trying to show our little worlds through our characters correct yeah i mean i think like with um with riftlands for example Mm, uh, mm. dark fantasy series that i uh the first series that i did for smashing graphics um that basically is is takes place in a hellish dimension the way i describe it to people who haven't read it i just say it's like john wick versus hell it's like john john wick meets hellraiser basically yeah uh, that, that's it in a nutshell and you know i i think i mean i wrote that um i was i was inspired by hellraiser uh quite a bit i was inspired by things like um you know evil dead and obviously like john wick but like why was i inspired by hellraiser well because i think about um you know, the afterlife quite a bit, you know, that's like part of my, uh, that's part of my consciousness. So then, you know, when I created Riftlands, I'm like, okay, so what if there was a world where, you know, it's like this, this hellish chaotic dimension, you know, and that's for better or worse is part of my, (laughs) you know, my consciousness put out onto the page, but I, I love creating comics, man. And maybe you can relate to this. Like, I almost feel like the I think it's the process, the creative process that I enjoy the most, even though my first love and my main, um, you know, like bread and butter, as it were, is uh, being an author. uh, I I would say that I enjoy the creative process of comic books uh, the most. And the reason for that is because I love films. I think film and television are the best artistic medium, in my opinion. Uh, And I think that creating comics, to me, feels like directing a film from your desk. Mm. Mmm. I like that. 
that's what it feels like to me. And that's why I love it so much because I'm sitting there writing these panels and I'm like, okay, in this, it's a wide, you know, uh, it, it's a top shot, bird's eye view shot, you know, and mm-hmm. I just, and, and it really is, it's like being a director without all the, without all the hassle basically. Um, cause I actually, I went to the university of North Carolina school of the arts Oh shit. Uh, in the, uh, yeah, I was in the film program. I actually just graduated last month and, um, Congrats. thank you. I appreciate that, man. It was a strange, uh, time to graduate for sure. Welcome to the Twitch call of 2020. Here's yeah. your diploma on Twitch. Oh, okay. Exactly. Uh, pretty much. So, uh, to get back, let me find my train of thought. Oh, so yeah. So uh, I've had experience with creating film uh, before. I worked on, um, you know, because I was in the screenwriting program. Mm-hmm. But uh, our first year, we are required to take uh, everything at university uh, of North Carolina School of the Arts. So we take in film, we'll take uh, we'll take screenwriting, we'll take directing, cinematography, editing, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. We'll take all of it. And uh, you're also required to put in, I think it is like 24 hours per semester of film crewing, um, which, which, yeah, I mean, it sounds like a lot, but if you think about a full day of film is um, it's, it's a 12 hour day. So it's pretty much just like one weekend. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, you can definitely work 18 hours just doing one fucking shift in there. You, I've done yeah. that before. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So like there, like if you did, um, if you worked on a fourth year, uh, film project, you would do like, you would work a 12 hour, you know, if you like, let's say you were a production assistant, you'd work Saturday, Sunday, and then maybe Monday. So that's 30 mm-hmm. hours. So you're already done, but you know, they just wanted everybody to kind of get the experience and everything. But my point with all this is that, um, I don't, I love films, but I personally don't enjoy the process of making them. And I'm trust me, I'm glad a lot of people do because I like watching films and yeah, I'm yeah. people to make them. But I personally, it's just not for me, like the process of it. Um, and if we're going back even further in my life in high school, I'm from Greenville, South Carolina. I did. Um, we have here what's called the Greenville Fine Arts Center. Uh, and basically it is a. It's a school where you go. I mean, it was really great. Uh, I did it sophomore, junior, and senior year of high school, and Good. you go half the day there. From I think it was like nine o'clock until eleven thirty, and then you do the rest of you take a bus back or you drive back to your regular high school and do the rest of your day, day there. And I did um, digital filmmaking at that school. Uh, great program. Uh, if anybody in the Greenville County area is listening, uh, I highly recommend wha- uh, whatever art form you're in. I highly recommend the Fine Arts Center as a way of cultivating your creativity. Uh, but I was in the film program with uh, Eric Rogers, uh, who is a wonderful professor. Uh, he really, really guided me creatively and uh, introduced me to tons of great films but in that class uh we did a lot of like what i guess you would call guerrilla filmmaking which is you know you kind of we would have these assignments and you go out and uh at the end of each semester we would have like a short film that we were to do we were to uh rent a if we had a camera we'd use that or we could rent a camera from excuse me fine arts center go out film it 
uh, with wh whatever mm -hmm. resources we had and then come back and edit it and everything. Uh, I actually liked the process of editing. And I, you know, I, I enjoyed, I did get some enjoyment out of the filmmaking process. Um, but then I found uh, in college, you know, you had these like big crews and everything and it just felt, mm -hmm. it just felt like a construction project to me. And I have always been a solitary creative. Uh, I've always liked to sit down and write or draw or whatever it is. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and so comics really gives me like the best of the two worlds. You know, it allows me to be a director from uh, my chair. And that is my very long winded way of uh, making that point. <laughs> that was poetic as shit. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. That was really poetic. That's a good way to put it. And that's using your history with film and everything like that in comics. Absolutely. You use that history like fuck. I use my stuff in film because I work as working in film, and a big fan of that stuff. And doing the oh, goddamn film show and whatnot, and doing school and stuff like that for a couple of years before doing comics. And I'm with you in that boat. I brought everything from my film stuff from my film career, working in indie films, Hollywood stuff like that. Brought it to the comic industry, and whatnot, with Smashing Graphics, SGGS, and did so much with and being able to build a uh, put in that and being a comic book fan for years because i think you were too for a while right and you're like you've loved comics for a long time or has it been one of those where you recently got into comics uh i i'm not uh, a voracious reader of comics but i am a um i would say i'm a passive fan of comics so uh, I, I would say I consume comics in the same way that I consume uh, like music. You know, I'm not a music nerd, but I do listen to music and I do read comics. I think I got my first comic books when I was probably eight years old. I got them for Christmas. Oh, and I, yeah, and I definitely just fell in love. I, I loved uh, the art form. I respected the art form. Um, I loved just that it was, you know, it was just such an interesting way of telling stories to me. Um, yes. I always loved animation. What sort of ones do you like, though? Uh, let's see. What was the most the most recent comic series I was reading was probably I, I got really into Punisher Max recently. Um, oh, that's kind of the super R rated uh, Punisher from uh, Marvel's Max imprint. Uh, the only way to do Punisher, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm also a, a fan of uh, Spawn. Uh, and then, Dude, I could see the uh, I see the influences. I see them. <laughs> that's great, man. Actually, I would say that uh, as far as Riftlands goes, I would say that Punisher and Spawn had the um, most influence, or had big, had a large influence on the uh, on on that series and then um also um oh, who was the author of that let's see it's called criminal uh it's a graph oh, i don't even know i don't know that oh it's by uh ed brubaker yeah oh, well i know that name yeah criminal, <laughs> that one i know ed brubaker and sean phillips so this is criminal is a it's an anthology series i guess you would call it and each volume is like a different story but and these are basically like uh, neo noir comics, and then obviously that those influenced uh, Jockey, 
uh, quite a bit, I would say, which is my newest uh, series, which is exactly that. It's a neo-noir uh, crime thriller series. Um, and then also, I just, you know, I would say as far as influences go, it, it's and uh, I've heard I know Ed Brubaker has said this as well. Um, film really, really influences me. I mean, I could, if I were to rattle off all the lists of, uh, all the, you know, the list of films that influence certain comic book series, uh, you know, that would just take too long because it's, there's uh, so many. I mean, like with Jockey, for example, uh, this neo-noir crime thriller series, I was very influenced by, um, it's very influenced by the Safdie brothers. Uh, so mm-hmm. they, they did that film Uncut Gems, uh, with Adam. Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. Yeah, that was great, man. That quickly became one of my favorite films uh, of all time, man. I, I thought that was just like movie oh, magic. Shit. I mean, I, I, yeah, I thought that film was movie magic. I mean, it is like, it's like, I feel like their films, and I don't know if you saw Good Time, the one they did before that. Uh, no, I did not see that one. That that's what so that's with Robert Pattinson. Uh, it's similar. It's uh, a bit like lower scale than Uncut Gems, or smaller scale, I should say. And um, yeah, it's like their their films are. It's if we're comparing films to like foods and drinks, I would say their films are like black coffee. It's just like boom, like it gets your heart going, and um, you know they're just Good. grimy and gritty. Uh, and I don't know if you'd agree with me on on that with when it comes to uncut gems, but, um, yeah, that, that was a big influence on jockey. Uh, and then I would say heat with Robert De Niro was a pretty big influence on jockey as well. And, uh, and then of course, like breaking bad and better call Saul, um, anything crime related on anything that I write that's crime related. I'm looking at, uh, breaking bad for the most part. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Um, Man, I like Jockey too, and that one because I heard about you doing Jockey from Animal Our Boss, and I was like, okay, okay, I'm I'm interested in this one. And if, when it kind of got out there, I was like, ooh, hello, and I love Rift Lands too. Like you said, you were a fan of my work. I'm like, I'm a fan of your work. What the hell? Were you on though before me, or were you on after me? Uh, as a writer, yeah, I can't oh. remember like who who which one of us was hired first. So this is funny. You were hired first. And, and it's funny, man, because I – so this is how I came across Smashing Graphics Comics. You and I are okay. both in the Godzilla fan club on Facebook. You have got to be shitting me. I know where this is going. Oh, my God. So I saw you posted an issue of uh, Kaiju Shield uh, in that group, and I saw it, and I was like, wow. And I took a look at your profile, and I was like, this guy is like you know, close to my age. And he's doing comics. How do I do what this guy's doing? Because I've wanted to create comics for a while now. And I never thought I would be doing it at, you know, like my first comic came out when I was 21. I never thought I'd be doing it at 21. I, th- I thought like, oh, I'll probably create some comics when I'm like 20, 28, you know. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, here's a guy who's around my age doing comics. How do I do this? So I did some digging, uh, you know, some detective work, found Smashing Graphics comics, um, messaged them and uh the next day aj and i uh got on the phone my name is andrew and i am the host of a show called rage hunter and on rage hunter we cover the latest news and what's trending in the gaming industry with just a hint of some sarcasm and rage you probably have this hole you know this void in your life that you don't know how to fill well 
Rage Hunter is going to fill it. And the best part is we are everywhere. iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play Store, Spotify, Podbean, Instagram, Twitter. So that way you can get as much rage in your life as possible. And some news while you're at it. So come check us out and be a part of the greatest gaming podcast in the universe. See you there. Man, I'm going to cry. That's good. That's what that's what I wanted from the books. That's what I know why I push it out there is like to create one tell stories. Well, one of the things I put out there for is to inspire people. Man, that's fucking what do you remember what issue that was? Was that like this issue three or something like that? I'm thinking I guess it wasn't even issue one. It was like issue three or some shit. It was the one where the bees, the giant bees, attacked the helicopter at the end. Oh, that was issue two for the Beatoids. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah no, that was one. It was like one liner at the end too. It was like what could go wrong or something like that. I remember. <laughs> so, that was good, man. I like that series. I, I did not expect it. Like I was, I wanted to ask him, like, where how the hell did he find me? And unless you like, what was going on with that? I did not expect to be the part of the Godzilla fan group. Like, fucking bless you, sir, for being a fellow kaiju lover. Absolutely, dude. And we we can get that. Hold that oh. thought, but real quick. I just wanted to say that. Um, it's so funny because I never thought that, like, being in – and this is this is a testament to – you just never know, man. Like, I never thought oh, that man. being in a Godzilla fan club would lead me to a huge career, uh, you know, stepping point for me. It, it's crazy where, like, just opportunities come from, you know. And But it, what's really funny is because Godzilla was what originally got me into film – and it's so poetic and I'm getting like emotional talking about this. Like it's so poetic because it's like that love is what put me in a Godzilla fan group on Facebook. And that is what got me my opportunity. And it, I mean, if that doesn't teach people to follow their bliss, I don't know what the fuck does. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Fuck, we're getting emotional on the show now. We got deep, and this is a cry section. It's like 9 o'clock or it's 10.30 in the morning for me right now, but fuck, we'll cry. Um, now, how did yeah, – like that's – go, go ahead. Go ahead. I want to – what were you going to say? Oh, I was I was, I was going to say like – oh, no, I lost the train of thought a little bit. I was well, I was going to say like, you know, being in the same sense – I'm in the same with you in this one because my first cartoon was Godzilla the Animated Series, the 98 one. That oh, was my first was cartoon. The... That was like That's the American a TriStar one, basically. Yes, the the cartoon was way better than the fucking movie. Yes, I like the movie though. But that's a whole other bucket of worms. But that was my first cartoon that opened up everything to like into Justice League Unlimited started. That started a bunch. Batman Beyond, like that whole start of the comic book love and but then Phantom Love. Like, but my big thing was Kaiju. So I'm with you in that sense here. And Young Power was the first one I put out. But then I was like, you know what? I want to do a giant monster book. And it took some convincing. But I got Anwar to say yes. And then SGGS did Operation Kaiju Shield. And that's apparently the number one favorite book right now. Of that's my of mine that's out. And some more shit coming. I've hinted about it on the show. There is more shit coming. I have a meeting today about it. But Oh sweet. Just yeah, so stay tuned for that. But I'm it just that like it's it's like I have mission accomplished. It's Part one of the mission accomplished. The second part is actually seeing someone pick it up and maybe start reading it in a comic book store. That's mission two. Mission one, success. Because of you, Jake. Mission two, 
of me crying in a fucking store and everyone thinks I'm really on like drugs or something, that will happen soon too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's that's definitely the goal. It's like, you know, that's definitely step two is like getting into print. And uh, that's the same. That's what I'm also um, looking to do as an author as well. So how old were you when you saw, uh, when you first got into that Godzilla cartoon? God, let me let me give it a Google. When the fuck did it come out? Because I was born in '97. Okay, that came out. Um, let's let's go to the internet. Uh, I want to say I was maybe two. Two. It was 1998. Wow. And it fuck it lasted for three seasons. Uh, so the final episode date was April twenty second, two thousand. Like I, I think I started watching it in nineteen ninety nine, is wow. when I was watching it. Or it might have been they did reruns like crazy, and so I think it was the year two thousand actually. So what it was ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine. I was three, yeah, because I was talking. So I was three years old. Wow. And I, yeah, so I was three, and I remember. So I was so pissed because I watched the episodes like religion and I watched the reruns and stuff. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I remember it's when I had my first actual disappointment in life and where I got my first ounce of depression was because they canceled it. Uh, and I, I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, my dad was like, that's the final episode. I'm like, no, you can't cancel the show. And that's why I realized TV <laughs> will eventually disappoint you. But <laughs> and, and, and how many of those like old like animated series always ended without any resolution too like they just stopped oh, yeah. you know like oh like, don't we get me started so, we were so fortunate man to get uh a, the final season of samurai jack like 10 years later yes uh, i don't yes. know if you it, that, but i was i got into it uh because i never i didn't watch samurai jack when i was a kid just because you know it was like more of like a it was more of like a young adult cartoon i felt like you know, there wasn't a lot of dialogue and stuff, and I just wouldn't. I'd kind of lose interest quick. Uh, and then, like uh, a couple years ago, I started. I watched it, and I was like, "This is awesome," you know. And then I'm like, "Oh, like." And then, then they came out with a final season ten years later, where he finally like, <laughs> yeah. There's like some semblance of like resolution there. Yeah. My point is like, you know, there were so many of those like animated series when we were younger that like they would just. Whoosh, you know, just just cut them, cut them off, and we never got a true ending. Yeah. I think Teen Titans was like that too. Um, there yeah, was, there was um, there was a lot. Oh, before we go any further, I do want to say is there's actually a tribute, like because in Kaiju Shield we have the mutated, giant mutated like bugs, monsters, animals sort of thing. That's wave one. Like we've already we put out artwork before of this hybrid thing, the Rhino Ladon. Rhino Ladon. It's been a while. Or Rhino Ladin. It's God. It's, I forget the name of it. It's been forever since we've used them. But yeah, I've seen. And that so that's like wave two coming up. Yeah, yeah. That's way. That's the first one. We've hinted at it that there's more monster, monster, like really Toho esque monsters coming in. And trust me, y'all fucking not ready. I'll let you know. I will actually divulge secrets to you, sir, when this is over with. But <laughs> sounds awesome. There is, yeah. There's, there's some things, but there is some Easter eggs in the series so far, and there's some more Easter eggs coming up soon too. And the one that I really loved was it's two Godzilla the animated series was the B toys right? Yeah, they're an actually they're a nod 
towards uh, the villain, the mutated bees in Godzilla the Animated Series. Oh, okay. It's so they're the first ones. Like you got the you got a few of the giant monsters in there. You got the Komodo, the Komodo, and stuff like that. You got all them, the Komodo, giant Komodo dragons. You got the snakes in there, and you see a few other things. And I'm trying to blink on the names because I haven't said their names in forever. It's been a few weeks. I've written there's so many scripts I turned in the other week, so I've just been taking a break from it. But there is so many the the the, the Beatoids were the big enemy they faced after the first one, right? The Kamalo. Uh-huh. So the Kamalo. And so I wanted to pay tribute to Godzilla the animated series by doing a small adventure thing. And the latest issue, the last issue we did wrapped up that little storyline with the Beatoids and the Kaiju or Komodo squad being sent in to eliminate a hive nest and whatnot, all this sort of stuff. Like that was a tribute to Godzilla the animated series. Uh, yeah, that was something in there I liked a little bit with it. And there's some more stuff coming up and one up. Man, fucking y'all not ready. You as a Godzilla fan or Kaiju fan, you're gonna really enjoy it. But Oh, I'm I sure I will, man. I, I enjoy the series for sure. Yeah, man. Uh Godzilla uh, giant monsters, that that's what originally got me into film and it was a direct it was a direct evolution of my love for dinosaurs like when i was a little kid i was just like obsessed with dinosaurs you know um dinosaur books dinosaur toys you know um just you know from when i could walk and talk i just loved dinosaurs uh and then when i was i want to say five yeah it was in kindergarten, so I was either five or six, take your pick, but uh, I believe it was five years old. I, one of my favorite places, you know, as like, uh, obviously as a reader and a creative, uh, was the public library when I was a kid. I mean, that was like, you know, oh, uh, I mean, that was like, you know, Disneyland when my mom was like, oh, we're going to, I'm going to the library. Let's go. I'd be like, yes. And man, I would just grab this like stack of books, you know, and just like stack of uh art books and dinosaur books and whatnot. And then there were also like, you know, mm. videos there and we rented a video, a VHS tape. Um, it was, I think I remember the title. I, I, I have found it on YouTube. I think it's called um, dinosaurs. I think it's called like dinosaurs in Hollywood. It's this old document. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, are you familiar? Okay. I am not. That's what I'm trying to think. I was expecting something totally different, but that's not what I expected. I oh, okay. okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes. I've never, heard of, I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not too well known, but it, it was a, it was a good documentary, uh, and it was basically just like a. It, we watched it uh, one Saturday morning mm. over breakfast, and you know, it was just this whole history of dinosaurs in film. It was like you know, went through like, you know, Willis O'Brien. Um, invented uh claymation you know with and his first uh claymation films were uh dinosaurs and then he did the feature film the lost world uh with dinosaurs based on the arthur conan doyle story and then he uh, of course did the masterpiece uh 1933 king kong film you know so it went through all the history and then about three-fourths into the documentary there's a segment on godzilla and I mean, I was just mesmerized. I was like, dad, what, what is that? And he's like, oh, that's Godzilla. That's, it's a, you know, it's a Japanese, it's a Japanese thing. It's this big dinosaur 
he breathes. Sounds so dismissive of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He he actually I, I don't mean to make it sound like that. I mean my parents were they they um they inundated me with like pop culture. Like I I would say that they were hugely instrumental in getting me into uh, films and just art in general. Uh, and my, my dad was like, yeah, it's this big dinosaur that breathes fire. And I was like, oh man, he breathes fire. That's cool. So, you know, fast forward yeah. a little while and maybe like a couple months and my dad and my uncle were at uh, Blockbuster, oh, nostalgia. And uh, yeah, we're, we're like, let's rent a Godzilla movie. I'm like, oh yes. So we rented Godzilla 2000. Uh, that was my first Godzilla movie. <gasps> Oh shit! Sick man, that, that was a good one. Orga in it. Oh fuck yeah, man! I love the purple and green one for some unknown reason. I love the purple and green Zilla. Yeah, yeah. I I gotta say, like, I think Orga was probably like the <laughs> that's gotta be like one of the best like one time Godzilla villains. Um, too one time. Yeah, man, it was so cool. Like, so anyways, yeah, man. I I just got mesmerized and um. By the time I, I think by the time I was like nine years old, I'd seen like every Japanese Godzilla film. I mean, I just like ate them up. I'd, I'd have to track some of them down, you know, because not all of them would be on Netflix. Because back then, you know, I would order from Netflix and get the DVD three days later, which, you know, it seems dated now, but there was like a satisfaction about it. You know, I just remember like coming outside to the mailbox mm -hmm. and that feeling of like, oh, my movie's here. You know, it's like, it was cool, man. But, uh, yeah, so that that really and then from there, you know, I also like Star Wars. Uh, at around that same time, when I was five, my dad got me into the original Star Wars trilogy. Uh, I mean, I still remember the mm, film okay. when Vader tells Luke that you know he's his father. I mean, my heart, my five-year-old heart, just <laughs> dropped. You know, in that scene. As we all did, yeah. As we all did. That was the scene where like life is a lie. It's all bullshit. <laughs> I, yeah, I think if the, I think that's the scene that like everybody wishes they could see for the first time again, because <laughs> now it's so like oh god, you know, yeah, parodied and like you know it's just so everyone knows it. People who haven't even seen it know it, you know. But, um, yeah. but yeah, man, that's 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 what got it started, Godzilla, man. So very poetic, man, I, I love and uh, through a Godzilla fan club, discovered something that would be a huge career uh, step forward for me. It seems Kaiju is also your star. The seeds of creativity are planted with Kaiju. Who would have yeah. thought? Not I. Like, yeah. that's, that's brilliant, man. And I'm honored to be able to help out with that, to be, like, I'm glad. I'm fucking, that's what I wanted. Like I said before, that's what I wanted from the book series is to be able to do that shit. And look, now we're coworkers. Who would have thought? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you, Fuck, man. Uh, yeah, you, you put your work out there and, you inspired me. I mean, you gave of yourself. And I think that's what being a creative is all about. It's just like giving of yourself. You know, you're, uh, we're, uh, I feel that I'm a humble, you know, servant. You know, I'm just here to mm -hmm. offer a piece of myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Man. Mad we could go on forever. We, yeah. I'm just saying, like, we could definitely go on, but we are coming near the end of the show. Uh, okay. So I definitely want to say, man, is because I don't like going. I like going a little bit over an hour, not too much. Sometimes we do, and people are like, "What the hell?" I'm like, well, it's a special. Enjoy the content, but yeah. it's free anyway. But exactly, one thing is like, man, where can people find you out on social media if they want to give you a follow and such? If you have any and whatnot, because I mean, it's as with this recording, it's social media blackout. I don't know how long it's gonna last or whatever, but 
um, which is weird, and that's a whole bucket of worms I don't want to get into. But uh, where can people find you out on social media? Yeah, so uh, I think the best place to follow me creatively would be my author page on Facebook. So uh, I, I'm going to have a lot of new self-published content coming out because uh, something that I my like I said, my main bread and butter is uh, books. So I um, I've done several uh, horror short story collections that I'll uh, put up on Amazon for everybody, and I have a a big, very very big collection of content. Um, lots of books that are going to be coming out this year. So if uh, you're, if if our listeners are so inclined, you can go find me on Facebook. It's Jake Wicklaz author. That's my author page. So I'll spell my last name. Uh, it's Jake W I K L A C as in cat Z as in zebra. Uh, and so you can find me Jake Wicklaz author on Facebook. And then you can also find me on Amazon by searching that name. I'm the only Jake Wicklaz that I know. Uh, and then you can also go to my website, uh, jakewicklaz.com. And if any of you think you'll be interested in buying my books in the future or um, being notified on future content of mine, you can sign up for my newsletter. Uh, so that'll be jakewicklaz.com slash newsletter. Uh, and I, I believe it. those are all the plugs that I wanted to get out there. And, of course, if they want to follow, you know, the comics 102, that you also got them at SGGS Comics on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot and Facebook, yeah. SGGS Comics. Yeah, I SGGS hope Comics, yeah. Yeah, I hope you folks are following that already because uh, – we have been putting out some awesome, awesome stuff, if I may say so myself. Oh, yeah. uh, your series, all of AJ's series, I mean, we're putting out some yep. awesome, awesome stuff. And uh, no plans of stopping anytime soon. Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming out. Fuck yeah. And yeah, like there is, oh, there's so much. I'm I'm going to let you in on some secrets, good sir. But um. Before we do that, we have to end the show because otherwise we get in trouble. Uh, so, <laughs> so definitely, man. I want Jake. Thanks for coming on the show, man. This has been fun. This has been actually a real good blast. It's like really emotional and deep to say the least. Well, I'm glad you had fun, man. I uh, I too had a lot of fun, and I want to thank you uh, for doing this, man. I've like I said, I wanted to do this for a long time, and I'm glad we finally did it. And uh, I would love, love, love to come back. You're invited anytime, good sir. Any fucking time. And so with that, of course, of course. And, you know, with that, folks, we're going to end the show here. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you guys subscribe, share the show. It helps out a lot. Let me tell you, we got some fun people coming on, hopefully, because things going on. Who knows? So definitely keep in touch. And with that, stay classy, my fellow comic writers.